we're going to be in uh, the book of Psalms this morning. Psalm 103 is actually where we're going to start at. We'll uh, actually be all over the Bible this morning, so get your turning fingers ready, or if you take notes, just get your pen ready so you can keep up. Uh, I sometimes notice whenever I'm listening to someone else uh, preach, and I'll, I'll enjoy taking notes. It took me a while to, to develop a style of note-taking that I like, but now that I've got it, I really enjoy taking notes off of uh, anyone I hear speak. Uh, but one thing that I find that I have trouble with is getting their references down. Boy, when a preacher gets going and he's like, in the book of John it says this, the book of James it says this, the book of 1 Peter it says this, and I'm like, huh? Where was he at? I can't keep up with those references sometimes. Uh, but we're going to try to be going through a lot of references today uh, just looking at the subject of the promises of of God. The promises of God. I don't know that we'll complete the message this morning. Uh, we'll give it a shot and if we don't complete it, we'll finish it tonight. If we do complete it, I have another sermon for tonight. So we're all good. But uh, anyway, we're going to be looking at this subject uh, of the promises of God. As we come to the week of Thanksgiving, and we've spoke much about it already this morning, uh, uh, we think of uh, all the things that can steal uh, our joy, but then we also think that we need to focus on some things that can bring joy. And boy, if there is one thing uh, that can bring joy to our heart, one thing uh, that can get our focus off of the negativity of our life and get our focus on to the goodness of God, it is whenever we focus on uh, on the promises of God. Now the Bible contains many, many promises. Some have said uh, that it contains over 7,000 promises. And I trust that they uh, did their homework. I've never went through and counted them all myself. Uh, uh, but the Bible is full of promises uh, uh, that pertain to us as Christians. Now this morning uh, we're not going to attempt to look at all of those, but there's eight promises this morning uh, that we're going to attempt to look at that I believe will encourage the heart of every Christian whenever we think of the goodness of God. Here in Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2, uh, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, uh, we'll use this as a, as a launching pad or as a starting point for the remainder of the service. The Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, it's good to be in your house. Lord, it's good to be among your people. Lord, it's good to know, uh, Father, that we have brothers and sisters in Christ here uh, in this place that, Lord, love one another, that care for one another. Uh, Lord, we are, we are burdened for one another. And, Lord, we lift our needs before you together uh, as, a, as a united uh, body of Christ. And, Father, I thank you for this place. I thank you for these people. I, I thank you, Lord, for how you work in our midst. I thank you, Lord, how you bring us together and Father, oh Lord, how you add to the church. And Father, it's wonderful to be a part of your work. And Lord, I thank you for it. Lord, it's been good to be in your house this morning. Lord, to, to be in the Sunday school, to hear the teaching of your word. Lord, to fellowship together with one another. Lord, to lift our hands together in worship and praise to you. Oh, Father, this morning, Lord, my heart has been encouraged. Uh, my soul has been lifted already this morning. Now, Father, as we look into your word uh, concerning these promises uh, that you have given us, Father, I pray, uh, Lord, that we will see in them, uh, uh, Lord, a promise that relates to us, a truth uh, that can encourage us, a truth uh, 
that can help us uh, that, Father, Lord, we might go through this week, uh, oh, Lord, with our hearts focused on you, with our minds on you, oh, Lord, looking to you, oh, Lord, for the source of all that we need in this life. Lord, I do pray once again for those that are unable to be here. Lord, I pray you be with each one of them. Touch their bodies, encourage their hearts, uh, lift their spirits, Father, I pray. I pray, dear Lord, once again for those that are here, oh, Lord, that are battling different health problems. Lord, I pray that you will be with each of them. Uh, Father, Lord, I pray most of all, oh Lord, for those who are either in this service, Lord, maybe those that are listening online, or Lord, those that we know, friends, acquaintances, and family members, Lord, that do not know you as Savior. Father, I pray that you allow the truth of the gospel to penetrate their hearts. Lord, that they will see their need for a Savior. And Lord, they'll turn their life over to you. Lord, that they will recognize that the only path, oh Lord, to true happiness is through you. And Father, we thank you for it. Bless now as we look into your word. And Father, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. As I said, the Bible is filled with promises, uh, but in this message this morning, we want to look at just some a few of these promises that I believe uh, relate directly to us and can relate directly to any person who puts their trust uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. The first promise that we want to consider this morning uh, is the promise of His peace, the promise of his peace. There is in the heart of every person a longing for peace. There is a longing in the heart of every person for a contentment, for a satisfaction, for a, a, a feeling of security, an understanding that all is well. Now we pursue that in different ways and different people look at it, look for it in different places, but the motivator behind many people and what they look for is a satisfaction that all is well. They're looking for a contentment of the soul. People are searching everywhere for peace. They want to know that everything is right. They are looking for a life that will go slow, smoothly, a life that is free of difficulties, a life that is free of heartaches and pain, a life that the necessities and comforts of life have been provided for them and they are able to to do the things that they enjoy. They're looking for a life that everything is right. I believe that all of us this morning can relate to that. Uh, we work on a daily basis uh, to try to secure those things uh, that make life uh, go as smoothly as possible. Uh, uh, we try to make sure that the wood box is full before we go to sleep at night uh, so we don't have to go out in the middle of the night and find firewood or wake up coal. We try to make sure it goes smoothly. We try to make sure the cupboard is stocked uh, with those things that we enjoy to eat. Uh, we try to make sure that there's gas in the automobile and that the maintenance is done uh, so that uh, our life will go smoothly. Everybody is looking for a life that goes smoothly, but unfortunately, life doesn't go smoothly. Unfortunately, as much as we try, as much as we prepare, as, as much as we uh, try to get things in place, uh, life doesn't uh, go smoothly. Uh, uh, just a, a simple, sauce, funny illustration. Uh, uh, Joel and I, we cut some firewood yesterday and I had procrastinated cutting firewood uh, way too long uh, and I had just a little bit and I'm like, yeah, we got to get some firewood. We got to get this wood stove cranked up. So Joel and I, we cut some firewood and got it in and I went in the house and I built a big old rip-roaring fire. I mean, I had this fire just a-blazing and then I just went off about my own business. And I come back in the house later and I'm like, why is it cold in here? And Joel said, your fire went out. 
I'm like, my fire went out. I thought I laid it just right. I thought, I, but we looked in there, and sure enough, I, the kindling had burned out and never did catch the big wood. And here I thought I had everything in order, and now the house is cold, and so we're pulling the logs out so we can start again. But of course, they're still smoking, and the house gets full of smoke, and the doors are open, and the fans are on, trying to. Now the house we wanted to be warm is freezing cold because we're trying to get the smoke out. It, things just don't go smoothly all the time. Now that's just a very simple thing, and if you burn wood, you've done the same thing. But uh, it's just a simple thing. But life doesn't go smoothly. There's all the time things that are interrupting our peace. All the time things that are interrupting our peace. The devil promotes the agents of this world as being capable of meeting our desires and providing a life of peace. But in truth, if you've ever paid attention, he fails to deliver on his claim. His systems fail, all that he has to offer is temporal things, uh, and as such, uh, they are temporary fixes that do not last. And as a result, those who follow what the devil promotes uh, find themselves living a life of constantly pursuing new and better things uh, that do not work. Constantly pursuing uh, uh, things that uh, fail. Uh, constantly pursuing and so they find themselves uh, in what we oftentimes describe uh, as a rat race uh, because we're always chasing something else that the world has offered, that the world has promised will give us that peace uh, that will satisfy our needs. Uh, we find out that it fails uh, and so we turn to something else uh, and to something else uh, and to something else uh, and people live their entire life in pursuit of something that many never ever experience. Peace is something we all pursue, but peace is something that many, many never fail, never find. The reason the devil's offerings disappoint is that in this life, our peace has to come from something deeper than everything going right. You see, we're flawed human beings. We live in a sin-cursed world. Therefore, the dream of a life in which nothing ever goes wrong will not be experienced until we have a new heaven and a new earth. And so as long as we are trying to find this peace and this satisfaction in what the world provides that promises to give us this life of comfort and satisfaction and everything going as it should, we will find ourselves constantly disappointed because peace must come from something deeper. It is difficult, many times impossible. Actually, I would say without Christ it is impossible to have peace when you're facing a life-threatening disease such as Miss Sheila's facing. It's impossible to have peace when you have a sick kid at home. It's coughing and throwing up and it's impossible. It's impossible to have peace when you're running late for work and you run out of gas. It just don't work. I'm going to tell on myself. If Melissa's watching, she's going to love this. If you ever travel through Kentucky, you will find that those people don't use gasoline, apparently, because there's no gas stations. We left the motel we were staying in here a couple of weeks ago at the conference. We left the motel, and in our little Subaru, Brother, Brother Terry 
he gives me a hard time about driving a Subaru. I didn't know that, you know, people had thoughts about Subarus. It had wheels and it rolled. I liked it. But anyway, Brother Terry gives me a hard time about this Subaru. But on the dash of this Subaru's little computer, and on the little computer, it tells you how many miles till you run out of gas. And on the little computers, we pulled out of the motel, and there's a gas station in the same parking lot as the motel. As we pull out of the motel, the little computer says 50 miles till you run out of gas. And Melissa said, do you think we should fill up? And I'm like, we got 50 miles and they want $4 a gallon for gas. I'm sure I can find it cheaper. And we set off. About 20 miles down the road, we go by this little run-down ramshackle gas station that looked like only hoodlums would visit. <laughs> and she said, there's a gas station. I said, we got 30 miles. We'll find a better place. I drove for 30 more miles. The little computer said, zero miles till you run out of gas. But it was still running. I kept on rolling. Every time I would see an intersection coming up, I'm like, there's got to be a gas station. I knew that I had found myself in this situation because of my own ignorance. But I was praying that the Lord would have mercy and he would install a gas station somewhere real soon. He didn't. <laughs> and that little Subaru said, and I rolled off of the road and I'm like, hmm. And I didn't want to look at Melissa. <laughs> I'm just looking out the front window and she said, I don't know why I have to suffer for your stubbornness. <laughs> I said, you don't have to suffer. I'm the one that's got to go find gas. <laughs> and so I turned the key. You know, some of them old Dodges, you could run them up the road on the starter, you know. <laughs> I'm going to turn the key, see if I can get anything out of this thing. No, no, these, these starters nowadays don't have enough power to move a car. I'm like, well, I'm stuck. Okay. So she pulls up the phone, and lo and behold, I think that the Lord just loves to get us. We are one half mile from a gas station. <laughs> one half mile. I said, well, I guess I'm going to walk to find a gas station. Now the story goes on. I got out of the car. I didn't walk 100 feet. Somebody pulled off the road and picked me up, gave me a road to gas, ride to the gas station, walked into the gas station. They didn't have a gas can for sale. Gentleman fixing himself a hot dog said, I got a gas can. He goes and gets it out of his car and gives it to me. Uh, give me a ride back. Uh, we, all the 10 minutes and we was back on the road and Melissa was like, I don't understand. I don't understand why God blessed you like that. <laughs> the, <laughs> the truth of the matter is though, you know what? There are times that things are going to happen and without Christ, it is impossible to find peace in a life when things are going to go wrong, whether it be a result of circumstances, whether it be a result of our own ignorance and our own stubbornness, uh, whatever it's a result of, there's things that's going to go wrong and we're going to find ourselves uh, completely without peace uh, constantly unless we dig a little deeper. I've concluded there's no way we're finishing this sermon today. We're just preaching on peace, all right? But there's no way, no way, no way to find that peace unless you go deeper. So how, how do we go deeper? What is the secret here? How do we find this peace? In Matthew chapter number 11, verse 28 down through verse number 30, a very familiar passage of Scripture, but it's a promise and a key to where we find this peace. 
Matthew 11, verse number 28, the Bible says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You look there at verse number 22, and he sends out an invitation. He makes a call. He says, I know that everyone is living in a sin-cursed world. I know that everyone is burdened with the trials of this life. I know that everyone is facing circumstances that they cannot handle. I give you an invitation, and the invitation is this. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. That applies to all of us. The invitation is come if you are laboring, if you're burdened, if you're in trouble and trials and circumstances and situations, come and what is it that he will do for us and I will give you rest. Now we know just from experience that even though we've come to Christ and we've accepted Christ that we still encounter these trials, we still encounter these troubles, we still have circumstances, we still face sickness and disease and and this comfort. And so what is it that he's promising when he says if you labor and are heavy laden, come unto me and I'll give you rest. What is it that he's promising? Because he's not promising that he will take away these things that we're going to face. No, what he is promising is that I have a peace that I can give to you that passeth all understanding. I have a satisfaction that I can put inside of your heart that you know that I am in control and I have your best interest in mind and I will take care of you. And whenever we come to Christ and we accept Him and we turn the worries of our life over to Him, He gives us a peace that satisfies regardless of what is going on around us. We find a peace that is far better than what the world offers. We see the promise of His peace Several more passages of Scripture in John 14 and verse number 27. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. I love this next phrase. Not as the world giveth. If you've lived any length of time, you know that what the world offers doesn't work. You know something I find interesting about myself? and I'm sure you may have experienced this as well. Although I've accepted Christ, although I have experienced the peace that he offers, I still catch myself whenever a circumstance comes up wanting to turn to the avenues of the world to find peace. And many times I have to remind myself, that's not where I'm going to get my peace at. Now, I thank the Lord that for physicians. Oh, my, I thank the Lord for physicians. I thank the Lord that he has given men the ability to understand how this human body works. He's given men the ability to know how to take situations that in years past would have taken someone's life that now we're able to sustain life. I, I thank the Lord for that. We had the first aid class here at the church and Brother Jeremy Brother Nathan helped us with that and, and talked about how you could give CPR and, and how you could manually help someone else breathe. And, boy, I thank the Lord that we have people that understand all of these 
these things, but I don't put my trust in those people. I don't find my peace in their knowledge and their expertise. My peace is in the fact that God is in control. Many times we find ourselves wanting to look for, to man for our peace when peace has to come from somewhere deeper. It has to come from the Lord. He said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Here in these passages, we're promised a life of peace. We're promised that if we come to Christ, He can give us rest and contentment in our soul while we are living in a world full of trouble. There's a guy I used to work for. He ran a sawmill. His brother owned the a hardware store. It was kind of a combined business. The man I worked for was a Christian man. His brother that owned the hardware store was not a Christian man. So I would sometimes interact with both of them as means of being an employee. And talking to the brother that was unsaved, trying to witness to him, he said, I don't understand you Christians. I'm like, well, what do you not understand? He said, you can't go through life without a crutch to lean on. I said, you are exactly right. And am I ever thankful for the crutch that I can lean on? Leaning on the everlasting arms, resting in the promises of my Savior. And I've not seen that gentleman in years. I was just a, a 19, 20 years old at that time. Haven't seen him, don't know anything about his, how his life has went. But I do know this thing, that I've been leaning on that crutch ever since. I've been trusting in the promises of God ever since. And whenever trouble comes, whenever trial comes, whenever comes, I find a peace in knowing that I have a God who cares for me. I have a God who loves me. I have a God who is looking out for me and I can find peace in handing everything over to Him. Resting, resting in Him. In Romans chapter number 15 and verse number 13, the Bible says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and blessing and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope. The God who is able to give hope puts joy and peace in my heart so that in the face of trouble, I can abound in hope. You know what will turn the world to Jesus? Is whenever they see Christians truly putting their hope in the God of the universe. They will recognize that there is something different about them. I thank the Lord for the promise of His peace. If the rest of this sermon goes this way, we'll be here for eight weeks. <laughs> I thank the Lord for the promise of His peace. Let's all stand to our feet. As Miss Debbie comes to the piano this morning, you know it's very easy, and it's not wrong. It's, it's, not, it's normal, it's natural. It's very easy, though, for us to lose focus on what God can do for us. It's very easy for us to lose sight 
of who he is and what he's able to do. And as a result, we lose the peace that God promises in our heart. It's not that he doesn't offer it. It's not that he's not willing to give it. It's that our focus is wrong. So as Miss Debbie plays, if you need some peace in your heart, if you need to refocus on Christ, if the Lord spoke to your heart, you come as Miss Debbie.